Okay, welcome to another edition of the Rink Rep Report podcast, free agency. Let's review what's happened over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, nothing really happened. So uh, a lot has gone on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. A lot has gone on with the league. Obviously, last night, Alex Petrangelo signing in Vegas and then Nate Schmidt getting dealt for a third. Vegas effectively trading Paul Stasny and Nate Schmidt for a third, a fourth, and Carl Dahlstrom, which, if you ask me, is not a hell of a lot. Cost is about $12 million in cap space, yes, Uh, but Nate Schmidt is, what, your first pairing defenseman? Paul Stasny was like your second line center or so? I mean, that just doesn't seem like... It's the COVID era. A lot has changed, but that doesn't seem like a lot. But, I mean, what the hell. They got Alex Petrangelo, one of the best defensemen in the league. So, congrats to them. Now they have another issue to deal with, obviously, in Robin Lehner. But we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to talk about the additions uh, in TJ Brody, uh, Zach Bogosian, uh, Jimmy VC, and... Wayne Simmons, as well as, I think it was Travis Boyd as well, joining the squad. The Andreas Janssen trade to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Joey Anderson. And then, possibly, if there's time, who's on the way out? Who, well, that was on the team last year, is no longer on the team this year. So, to start, I, to summarize everything, I'm happy with what Kyle Dubas has done. I mean, a lot of people said, oh, the Leafs are in cap hell. They can't get out of cap hell. Actually, people said that about Vegas, too. People said that about a lot, too. Oh, team's in cap hell. How are they going to get out of it? Um, actually, the New York Islanders, how are they going to get out of it? Trading Devin Taves for two seconds? No thanks. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be my GM. But I'm happy with what Kyle Dubas has done here. I mean... Signing with TJ Brody, that's your first pairing right defenseman, and a good one at that too, for not too, too much. I mean, TJ Brody is 30. We only have him for four more years. It's a five by four deal, five million by four years. That's not bad at all. So overall, I'm happy. But secondly, to add, Kyle Dubas is 300% not done here. There are still moves going to be made. I can almost guarantee it. They're not quite... I think they're possibly just under the cap or maybe just over. I can't quite remember. With Ilya Mikhaev and Travis Dermott to sign, uh, I think 100% they're going to keep both of them. I mean, from the sounds of it, it looks like uh, Dubas wants Dermott to start playing on his offside, something he's done in Erie, something he's done... With the Toronto Marlies as well. Ilya Mikhaev, I mean, that's going to be easy money. The guy's going to arbitration with 39 career NHL games played at age 26. But also, Mikhaev doesn't want to go back to the KHL. He wants to stay here in Toronto, it seems. So it's going to be easy. It's going to be like a million, we're going to, a million bucks we're going to sign this guy. He's a, he's a solid player too. Hopefully we're not getting the Mikhaev that showed up in the playoffs. I really didn't like that one. Over the 39 games that he played last year during the regular season, loved him. Great player. So, still moves to come. But, to start, TJ Brody, a very good player. 
A lot of people say, oh, well, he played a lot with Giordano, who's one of the best on planet Earth at playing defense in the NHL. That's correct. He did. Uh, the only player he was on the ice more with this season was David Riddich, the goalie. So to put it, how much, how often he was with Giordano. However, when he was with other defensemen, let's say Michael Stone, that was the second most that he was paired with, the, the defenseman that he was paired with the second most. With Michael Stone, his possession numbers, 49.58. Without Michael Stone, he was up, uh, Brody was up to about 53. And Stone without Brody was, a, was 37%. That's a 12% drop in possession. That's, in, that's crazy how much better he made Michael Stone. He made Michael Stone, a guy that's probably going to be in the AHL next year, actually seem like an NHL defenseman. So, and then on top of that, Giordano 100% was worse without Brody. 200% I'll put it at. Was worse off without Brody last year. And it was blatantly obvious. So, yeah, Giordano did lift Brody's game, but Brody also did lift Giordano's game. You got to look at it that way. So we're getting a defenseman that's 100% playing first line right D. He's a left shot, so he's going to be playing on his off wing. Uh, I really like this guy's anticipation of the game. And what I mean by that is he sees the plays unfold before they actually unfold, jumping in in certain plays to break, break up passes in the defensive zone, jumping in plays to get up, move the puck up ice on the rush. Um, he's a solid skater. I was probably a little too harsh on it last episode. He's solid, good form. Um, but I don't know. A lot of people, I, I don't think he's the quickest. His first step, I don't think it's the quickest. But he is overall a solid skater, a very good puck mover, very good passer, um, and very good at getting the pucks, getting pucks on net from the points. Something, uh, and then I think that coupled with the fact that the Leafs have gotten stronger in front of the net, something that they were completely horrible at doing last year. It was blatantly obvious in that Columbus series. Uh, I think that's going to be very effective up there. Now, will he be paired with Riley? Um, at first thought, I mean, that's what I thought. 100% he's going to be paired with Riley. Riley's finally going to have a competent D partner. Uh, I mean, last year he was with Cody Cece a lot. And then the year before that, he was with Ron Hainsey a lot. You just kind of feel bad for the dude. Because <laughs> both of those guys suck. So, um, maybe he's paired with uh, Morgan Riley, perhaps. But uh, there's also the good chance that uh, you don't want... You want Jake Muzzin up against your... Uh, you want Jake Muzzin up against the other team's top lines. So, that's where you probably want Brody as well. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how the season unfolds. It's not set in stone yet. So, either way, I, I think this is a great signing. Maybe it's a hair. You overpay by a hair. But, I mean, that's free agency. If you're going to acquire... A, uh, I think it was Scott Boras, possibly. The MLB agent that represents Bryce Harper. Uh, even And I think Albert Pujols, too, possibly. I can't quite remember. But... I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going to stop myself there. But he even said the most expensive way to acquire a player is via free agency. 
I mean, you're going to be overpaying for the player and through free agency because, I mean, you're paying... So you're paying Brody $5 million. Okay, sure, for four years, he's going to be worth that $5 million for the first two seasons, you'd hope. But then those last two seasons, is he really going to be a $5 million defenseman? Are you really going to, that season, sign want to sign him for $5 million? Probably not. I mean, the only defenseman I could think that that would be the case for is Mark Giordano. But that guy's an absolute animal. That guy's not human. Put it at that guy is not human at all so good signing by the Leafs um, I know it's a good signing because I saw someone that, that I think is an idiot on Twitter say that it was not a good signing so just strengthens my my desire my my liking my like likening whatever words for this signing here uh, the next up I'm gonna talk about Jimmy VC you know and particular I like the signing I like the signing. $900,000. We finally won the Jimmy VC sweepstakes. If you remember, I think it was 2016 where it was like, ah, oh, breaking news on ESPN. Not even, this wasn't TSN, this wasn't SportsCenter in Canada. ESPN saying, oh, Jimmy VC, he's cut his list of teams from five, six to four. Oh, another team has emerged. Oh, Remember Buffalo traded an unconditional third round pick to acquire his rights from Nashville? And then they didn't even get him. They promised them this, that, the key to the Buffalo, and then they didn't even get him. And then they traded, I think, a third round pick to the Rangers for him a couple years later. That was absolute madness. Anyways, we finally won the Jimmy VC sweepstakes. Um, a lot of people talking about how big he is. I mean, sure, whatever. Uh, the biggest things that stand out to me or his hands and his shot. Both are pretty phenomenal, if you would have saw. I, I put up the highlights for actually pretty much all of the least signings except for Zach Bogosian uh, up on YouTube. 100% recommend watching those. Uh, Jimmy VC, the thing, like, it, it's prevalent. He scored a couple breakaway goals this year that were just gross. Just the hands on display, ripping at bar south especially on a couple of Leaf goaltenders too, unfortunately. Um, he's faster than I thought he was. I don't think his stride, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think his stride is all that great. It looks kind of ugly, it's kind of choppy, but I mean, it gets the job done. He's a pretty, he's quicker than I remember. Um, he can play a little bit of penalty kill. He can possibly play a little bit of power play. Uh, he's Alex Kerfoot's college line mate. Uh, so I almost assume he's going to be a third line player. His defense, I've seen some people say it's good. I've seen some people it's bad. I mean, I don't think it's great, but it is getting better than from when he was in New York. Uh, last year, he was a bit of a streaky player. I did hear that he wasn't it was he was kind of bouncing around on lines couldn't quite find a fit in buffalo started the year with three points in 20 games with zero goals and then ended the year one goal uh one point in his last nine games so you can do the math on what he finished with there but a little bit streakiness there um overall i think this is a great player uh he's I'm saying is a lot of potential. He's 27 years old. 
But I think if he finds the right fit and he starts clicking again with Alex Kerfoot, he could easily put up 15 to 20 goals this year. So, and it's $900,000, less than a million bucks. Not bad, not bad, not bad. So, I like the signing. He's going to be a decent third-line player. Maybe we put him on the penalty kill. As for the defense, I mean, Manny Malhotra, we added him. What was Manny Malhotra known for most? Defense. So, I was happy with that signing. Uh, The last one I'll get into before I get into the two signings that I feel like divided Leafs Nation. Uh, Travis Boyd. If anything, this guy is a phenomenal AHL player. I put up highlights of him as well. Um, I think if you were to watch those highlights, he, he's going to surprise you with how good he actually is. I feel like he was he was a solid player for the Capitals last year. 10 points, 24 games, and then 6 points in 4 AHL games. But a bit of a honey badger. We signed him for 700000 So either he's going to be a phenomenal AHL player or he's going to be a depth signing for the Leafs. Um, I got one comment on the video saying I, I had him for sure in the Marlies, but after watching this, like, better player than I thought. Like, he's a decent player. That's good. He's a bit of a honey badger, work hard, uh, workhorse guy that's going to get the gritty goals, but he's put on display in the AHL that he can shoot the puck, and he's a pretty... He's, he's got some skill to him. He can, he, can, he can surprise you. I don't know why I tripped over the word surprise. Jeez. Get a grip. Anywho, Travis Boyd. I mean, a lot of people, oh, oh, oh. Watch the highlights. He's a decent player, and this is a good depth signing for not a lot of money, right? Similar to what happened last year with Kenny Agostino, Pontus Aberg, all those guys. I mean, it's... It's a depth signing you can put in the AHL, or he can provide some insurance in case someone gets injured in the NHL. Maybe, who hell, who knows? Maybe he cracks the lineup right to start. I kind of doubt that, but decent signing there. Now, let's get into the divisive... Jeez, the more you do a podcast, the more you realize you don't know how actual words sound when you say them out loud. Is it divisive, divisive, divided, to be divided... On these two signings. Zach Bogosian, Wayne Simmons. Now, Kyle Dubas at the beginning of free agency said he was going to make the Leafs, he wanted the Leafs to be tougher to play against. Tougher team to play against. So, signing Bogosian and signing Wayne Simmons doesn't surprise me all that much. However, both of these guys didn't have... Uh, well, Wayne Simmons is declining. The last two seasons, let's call a spade a spade. He went from 46 points to, I believe, 30 points. And then after that, to 25 last year, 24 with New Jersey. And then, and then one point with Buffalo. But uh, not a lot of production at even strength. The big thing that scared me, I saw a chart, oh, we should have re-signed Clifford, blah, blah, blah. Well, Clifford declined three years at just over a million bucks because he thought he would get more in the free agency market. Guess what? He was wrong. He lost out on some money, and he lost out on a full year at one and a bit. He didn't even sign AAV for more. He signed at one million bucks, right? 
So he lost out on some money there. Quite interesting enough. But with Wayne Simmons, and you know what? I didn't agree with this chart, that chart as well. I thought, well, Wayne Simmons 100% could score more than than um, uh, Kyle Clifford. But I looked into it. Kyle Clifford's possession numbers, Kyle Clifford's, I guess it would be defense, and Kyle Clifford's offense were all greater, especially per 60, at even strength than what Wayne Simmons has produced the last two years. Um, to put in perspective, he was getting a regular shift at even strength, um, and I think put up 15 even strength points with the Devils, which, I mean, he was getting more time at even strength than Nikita Gusev, and Gusev put up, obviously, way more points than he is. I think six more points at even strength in less time, so... It wasn't great. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't great. His numbers haven't been great the last two years. However, I believe he has the potential to add some solid depth scoring. And I mean, look at this way. A lot of people, some people were trashing that Jason Spezza signing last year. Guess what? Jason Spezza, his two years before joining the Leafs, 15 even strength points, 15 even strength points. Last year with the Leafs, 18 even strength points in 18 less games. Not bad. Huh? Not bad at all. Shooting percentage obviously went up, but he's got a fantastic shot. And I think coming home, you got that purpose to you. You got a little more pep in your step. You did take a discount. He did climb Montreal. Um, And he's now going to be playing with that functional toughness. A lot of people, I don't think many people are expecting him to put up the Wayne Simmons of old, 60 points, 50, 60 points. So he's going to be playing with that functional toughness. He's going to be getting to the net. I think he could possibly provide an option as on the second power play as well. You know what? I'm okay with the signing. Maybe 500000 too much based on what he's produced in the last two years. But, I mean, you got to overpay a little bit. He was, he was offered more money. <laughs> and he said no. And he never met with the Montreal Canadiens. So, that's what you're going to get. It's going to happen. Not a bad signing. I'm okay with it. And I think that we're going to start to see a little bit more of the Wayne Simmons of old this season. I mean, I know what the charts say, but I just have a good feeling about uh, what Wayne Simmons can bring to this team. So, lastly, on the divisive players that the Leafs sign, uh, Zach Bogosian. Which, by the way, Bogo for Norris, that, that counts hilarious. I mean, that's that's kind of funny. He, 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 I took a look into it. He's pretty mad that the, the Leafs signed him because I guess Leafs fans always hated him. However, whatever. Uh, it's a cheap deal. One million bucks. We're not signing this guy. One million bucks one year. So it's not too, too bad. Uh, I think one million bucks for free agent signing for a seventh defenseman is a little much. But I think just based on how much we signed him for, he's not going to be the seventh defenseman. He's not going to be in the press box. This guy's going to be playing every single game in a depth role, however, in the third pairing role. Now, Bogo last year looked capable in the playoffs at times. He was playing with a very good defensive partner, but he did look decent with Hedman in the playoffs. I mean, he looked like a capable third pairing defenseman there. It was pretty interesting to see, but then finals he was scratched for Yan Ruta 
which really got it. You really got it. Yan Ruta, who I believe is still unsigned and is just not that good. Tampa Bay said, hey, we like Yan Ruta more than you in the Stanley Cup Finals. Because he had a brutal game one. And then what happened? Obviously, Tampa Bay ended up going on to win. So you got to look at that. I mean, yes, he brings that toughness. But he also brings that, hey, Yan Ruta is better than you. So I think I think he he's not from here, but he always train he trains in Toronto. So I think yeah, he's gonna wanna he's gonna wanna bring a cup to a city that is absolutely I would say starving, but we're way past that. Um, so it's it's an interesting signing. He does bring that toughness to him. He does bring experience. Um, brings a Stanley Cup as well Stanley Cup experience with him as well however a lot of people aren't talking about before this year Zach Bogosian was a very injury prone player so I'm very curious to see how that plays out nobody's talking about that because he's a big strong man with a beard so I'm interested to see how his health plays out he didn't I mean after he signed to Tampa, it was all smooth sailing. But then again, that was, what, eight and nine game stretch. And then after that, a 20 game stretch in the playoffs. So his health is something that we should be taking a look at. And with the signing of Bogo and him now getting a regular shift, uh, that will bring the defense to Riley, Brody, Muzzin, Dermott, Lettinen, Bogosian, obviously, Sandine, Hole, Marinson, Lilgren, Rosen. That's a lot. And if you were counting there, if you kept count somehow, I believe that's 10, 11 defensemen total signed to NHL contracts. Well, Sandin Logan obviously can be sent down, but I think you want to get them a little more NHL experience after how well they play in the AHL. So that right there, that signing right there was just an indication. Dubas isn't done. You're not keeping Justin Hole. Well, if you're moving Dermot to the right side, so Brody, Dermot, Bogosian, Hole, you're not putting Hole. Hole looks like the odd man out here. He's signed for three more years at two million per. He's not going to be your seventh defense. You're not paying your seventh defenseman two million bucks. That just doesn't seem right to me. So, Dubas isn't done yet. We still have plenty of offseason left. So, I, I mean, it's a clear sign. He's not done. Someone's going to move. Um, what exactly? I mean, I think it will involve Justin Hole right now. So we'll see. It's a wait and see game, and we'll see how this offseason plays out. But overall, out of those, how many signings was that? One, two, three, four, five, five signings. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I think the one more signing that they're going to do is uh, third goalie. A lot of people say, oh, Justin Wool and Ian Scott, though. Well, jo- Joseph Wool put up uh, an 880 last year in the AHL. He still needs some grooming. Ian Scott hasn't played a meaningful game since May of 2018, 19, something like that. Didn't play all of last year. So he should be in with the Growlers next season. That is if the ECHL plays. I think they eventually will. But they're going to need a little bit of veteran leadership in net for their third goaltender. And just in case, what if one of Anderson or Campbell goes down? 
gonna need someone there. So likely targets. I mean, Kaskasua announced yesterday he's not coming back. Um, maybe Michael Hutchinson, but I kind of doubt that after he got roasted here. Garrett Sparks seemed to like Toronto, but I don't know really about that one. It's gonna be some someone on a two-way NHL contract um, that has proven that has played NHL games, but also is a very good AHL goaltender. Um, I can't remember where, similar to what the caliber of, who's that guy he was on? I don't know how I'd, Vancouver last, Louis Domingue. Similar to that sort of caliber, Louis Domingue, Garrett Sparks, Michael Hutchinson, all good AHL goaltenders. I do not want them playing in the NHL though. So that's the one signing. I think they're, I think they're pretty much done signing players. That's the one signing that they have left, though. So, overall, good free agency period. Uh, Let's get into the trades. And now, let's get into the Andreas Janssen trade. Uh, Sunday, the Leafs sent Andreas Janssen to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Joey Anderson. Uh, you may recognize Joey Anderson. He was the captain of USA World Juniors. Uh, what, what year would that been? Oh, frick. I can't remember. Uh, 2018, something like that. Anyways, he's a pretty good player. He was pretty damn good college player. He was pretty good for the USA and the World Juniors. Uh, from what I remember, he's a pretty fast player, I believe. From what I've heard, he's pretty good along the boards as well. Um, had, I mean, didn't really stick in the NHL, unfortunately. Has gotten a couple looks. Uh, this is this he's going into now his third professional season. Um, I mean, I still call him a prospect. He's just coming off of his ELC, his entry level contract, so I mean, he's getting a little bit old to be called a prospect, but. A change of scenery could help him. I mean, some people have him penciled into their third, fourth line right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, however, I don't quite see that right now. I'm not sure how it's going to work with waiver exemptions and whatnot with the contract that he's going to sign with the Leafs. So I'm not entirely sure where to put him right now. Maybe he's like the Dimitro Timoshov of last year where he plays fourth line. Um, at times, Dmitry Timoshov did look good. At times, he looked very quiet. So, we'll see. I, I, from what I've read on Twitter from Rachel, Rachel Dory, who was in hockey ops for the Devils, she said he's got he's going to come in with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, didn't really get a full look on the New Jersey Devils, although he did play some games. I'm guessing that means playing time and opportunity uh, weren't plentiful there. So, I'm very interested in this, uh, in t- uh, in seeing what Joey Anderson can do and where he ends up in the Leafs roster next year. It's going to be quite interesting. Now, we lose Mango. We lose Andreas Janssen. Um, he, at times, was very good for the Leafs. At times last year, though, was not very good at all after he signed that contract. Uh, a couple pretty big injuries I'm remembering correctly, there was a knee injury and there was also a foot injury, a foot injury and a knee injury, something of the sort. Uh, did make an appearance in the play-ins, uh, 
instead of Nick Robertson, which I don't know why that was why that decision was made, but it was, so we'll live with it. He did have a very, 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 very good chance, actually, in that game. He was completely robbed by Eunice Corpusawo, but here's the deal. He's getting paid, he was getting paid, what, $3.4 million for a couple more years, and he was a 26-year-old whose best season was 40 points, and he's coming off of an injury-plagued below standard performance last year because there was times that we were very frustrated when he was playing first line he wasn't doing anything out there so below a subpar performance season as well as injuries at 26 years old getting paid three plus million dollars with the expiry of that contract being unrestricted free agency i believe yes unrestricted free agency in the in the COVID era you're not getting a lot for that player before the COVID era, people could say, oh, yeah, I'd take a waiver on him, a lower-level team like the Devils. I'd give up a little bit more than, obviously, what they did. Like, when you look at it, we got something for Andreas Janssen. The Tampa Bay Lightning had to put Tyler Johnson on waivers, and he didn't get claimed. So obviously, I believe that the Devils got the better end of this deal. Uh, I think that they're going to get a player. I think he's going to play top six for them for sure. I think. I know he's going to play top six for them for sure. And he's going to, I'm thinking, maybe play with um, Hishier there. Elevate his game a little bit. So good move for the Devils there. They, they sh- fan base should be very happy about this move. They're getting a decent player. I mean... They're still a rebuilding team, and uh, they got him for a couple more years. So, and while the Leafs, I mean, we we shed some, we needed to shed some salary. It looked like from the beginning of free agency period, even like towards the end of the season, kind of thing. Everyone kind of pointed to Andreas Janssen, an underperforming player, and Kapanen. Now both of them are gone uh, to shed some cap space. <laughs> cap Kapanen cap space so it was expected uh i think obviously we didn't get the better value in that one but those are the times that we are living in so i'm happy with the return on this one uh because i didn't think we were gonna really gonna get anything for it so <clears throat> now to take a look um now who else is out so we have from our team last year departing, we have Andreas Janssen, obviously, Cody Cece, uh, Frederick Gauthier, who was not qualified, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, who was traded for insane value. Insane. When you look at it, Tyler Toffoli signed for four years, 4.25. And the Penguins gave up a first-round pick, 15th overall. First-round pick and their second-best prospect, for Kasperi Kapanen. Ah, stay hot, Jimmy. Oh, my goodness. What a bad trade. That's, that trade just gets worse by the day for the Penguins. But to continue, CeCe, Janssen, Gauthier, Kapanen, Tyson Berry, who signed in Edmonton for a little less money, wasn't too happy with uh, the media pressure here. The, he said the media pressure here got to him. Well, have fun in Edmonton. That one's going to be fun. Uh, if you're not performing to your 
potential there. I think he will do well there. He's going to rack up a ton of power play points, especially with Oscar Kleffbaum missing a good amount of time there. So good for him. And then lastly, Kyle Clifford, who signed with the St. Louis Blues, two years, one mil per. Uh, a player that didn't actually even get a sniff in the regular season with the Leafs that is departing, which is kind of upsetting, is Jeremy Bracco, uh, an insanely talented, so skilled player that I thought would one day make the jump. Um, his best season in the AHL was 79 points. There were obviously other deficiencies to his game, such as his defensive play. He was very, very soft in the boards, but he was the best passer, like, he, an insane, I don't want to say in the organization, but he was a very, he, on the power play, he was money for the Toronto Marlies, a guy that I wish would have developed a little bit more and then became, you know, became a, a thing that the Leafs could have used, but he, his game didn't really change. Um, he's still unsigned, I believe, right now. So it's unfortunate. I mean, he did leave the team for family, citing family reasons. Not going to even speculate what actually happened. So wish him all the best. Hopefully he can become something because he's, he's a very, very talented player. Uh, so overall... I think the roster got better, especially on that right side. But as I've said, as I said at the beginning of the episode, he, the, the only thing that's set in stone right now is the top six. I want to say the top six. I'm, saying, I'm going to put it on the, the top six and the goalies right now. Because, as I said, I mean, we still have Barabanov coming in. We still have Lettinen coming in, which some people forget about. Those two were signed what, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I want to say. So I, I'm very, very confident that both of those guys will get roster spots. I mean, Barabanov is not coming over here to be the 13th forward and go play with the Toronto Marlies. That guy's not even playing in the KHL right now. So, which leads me to think that the Leafs have reassured him, no, you're, you're going to be playing. You're going to be part of this team. But... If you look at the amount of guys signed it's like all right i don't i don't know <laughs> i mean right now in my roster projections which are subject to change obviously i mean yeah you could slot in fourth line left wing i believe uh that pushes engvall out of the lineup which is unfortunate because he is getting paid 1.25 Obviously, if you're a 13th forward, you do want to be. You do want your 13th. I think Envol actually might be at Ross. Uh, might be waiver exempt. I'm not 100% sure about that one. But Envol is a player I like. Uh, I would ideally like to see him play for the fourth line this year. He was. He's a fast player. He's a big player. Got a good shot. Uses his size to shield the puck very well and do that turnaround rip. Uh, we saw him miss a ton of breakaways last year, but. Six foot four, he's getting breakaways. That's pretty remarkable. Uh, decent penalty code too. So I'm gonna read out what I got here in terms of lines. So I think the top six is pretty set. Hyman, Matthews, Nylander on the first line, or Nylander, Marner, either or. Makayev, Tavares, Marner. All right. 
no uh, no surprises there. And then after that, we got Robertson, Kerfoot, VC. And then fourth line, Barabanov, Spezza, Simmons. Uh, also in there, Engvall, Brooks, Anderson as the fifth line. Pretty solid forward group, I must say. Obviously, the top six pretty killer. Uh, you lose a little bit of scoring on that third line in Kapanen and Janssen. But I think that the replacements of Robertson and VC are more than capable there. So, overall, I like what I see. I like what I see. On defense, Riley Brody, or Muzzin Brody, either or. Muzzin and Dermott in the second pairing. And then Letton and Bogosian as the third pairing. Uh, if you have not seen what Miko Lettinen has been doing in the KHL right now, you are missing out. This guy is a globetrotter over there. He's got a very hard shot. He's buzzing around out there, moving, zipping the puck around. A uh, lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch those highlights. Uh, hopefully, I can, we can, I can see one of the games soon. I haven't yet, but I've watched a ton of highlights. Looks fantastic out there. Uh, and then the extras on defense: Sandine Hole, Marinson, Lilligren, Marinson unfortunately is back. And Callie Rosen, and then Frederick Anderson, Jack Campbell, and Nett. So, I think this lineup is an improvement. Kyle Dubas did say he wants to get tougher to play against. My opinion, mission accomplished. Uh, we did by adding in uh, Simmons, Bogosian, and then, well, Vesey's not very tough, but he, he's going to be pretty tough to play against, I think. Skill player like that. Uh, and then, in, in addition to that, Kyle Dubas did state that. He does want to develop, and you know, we can. It's not like our players are so set in their ways that they're just not going to listen to the coach. I think that they know that they've been a disappointment for what three years in a row now. We're not going to count that Capitals year, even though we're pretty close there. But we're not going to count that Capitals year. But very, very disappointing couple few years in a row, especially this past year. I think the players are going to come out a little bit hungrier this year, especially Mitch Marner. Did you see his closing interview? The guy was crying. The guy was crying. So, new look Toronto Maple Leafs. Very, very excited about what they can do this season. Um, And then, yeah, we just got to wait and see what moves Dubas pulls. Uh, to end off the offseason as well as what the contracts come in looking like for Makayev and Dermot. If I missed anything, let me know. One thing I do want to, a couple things to end off. Uh, listen, Andrew Mills wanted me to take a look at Jack Campbell's Instagram comments. They're the most wholesome thing on earth. Uh, if you've not taken a look at them, I mean, just so heartwarming he's just such a good guy we need more people on earth on planet earth not just the leafs on planet earth like that dude uh and then lastly bet stamp if you bet this is the number one bet tracking app on the market right now it's incredible i use it to track all my picks you find the best sports books for each of the picks and ensure that you are getting full value for your for your picks i mean clemson Dave Portnoy, you probably all saw, is complaining that the over for Clemson 
was what, 59 or something, or 60 he had or something like that uh, this past weekend. Well, if you use bet stamp, it was actually 58 and a half, I believe, and it still hit. And it hit, actually, what was the total Clemson-Miami? 59 or something like that? So, I don't know, Davey. Should have been using bet stamp. So, if I missed anything, let me know. Let me know if there's any topics you would like me to cover next episode. Uh, if you have any comments, if you want to shit on me, go ahead. DMs are open. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week. Or this week. I don't know when. Whenever something big happens. Whenever something big happens.